Hello and welcome to Every Movie Ranked, brought to you by the Angry Microwave. I'm Brad and with me as always is Callum. Callum, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm really excited for this. It's such a stupid thing for us to even try and do. Well, on every show, essentially what we're going to be doing is, as you just said, Callum, we're going to be debating, arguing, compromising probably, unfortunately, um, on uh, a, a collective uh, a joint, an angry microwave representative of, um, like you said, every movie ranked. Uh, we want to hear what you guys watching uh, think of our list. We will be bringing in uh, vetoes and special shows where we can rearrange some films, um, but it is interactive. Every week we are going to take one audience suggestion as well as a guest suggestion of what movies we talk about. Uh, we'll be talking um, about what between three and five movies um, on every show um, and to try and keep the show as fast paced as possible. Each person gets 60 seconds to uh, uninterrupted to talk about their thoughts on the film and where it should fit in on the list pretty straightforward i think i feel what could go wrong <laughs> what could go wrong um so without further ado shall we uh, talk about the first movie ever ranked by every movie ranked um mission impossible fallout <sighs> okay so do you want to go first oh I'll, I'll i'll take i'll take the reins on on this one um so i, I think this is the epitome, and I, I think it's actually the peak of um, of action filmmaking. Um, I love the the twists in the story. Um, I love the performances. But when you go to a Mission Impossible film, same as when you go to a Bond film, you want good action, you want good hard hitting action, and you just want to be sat there and to have two and a half hours just go by like that. And that's what happens when you watch this movie. I, I think the the stunts really adds to it. Um, my mum had watched this film before and we rewatched it a couple of nights ago and she said that she enjoyed this movie a lot more knowing that all the things that Tom Cruise does all his near-death experiences he actually does for real um, and I think there's an element of, of tension that's brought to the table when you know that these one-shot um, takes or these long action sequences um, anything from riding a bike and having a crash to falling off helicopters he's doing it all for real and Mission Impossible Fallout is probably the best of the series Perfect. Okay, so I completely agree. This was the Mission Impossible film that made me think that I'm more excited for Mission Impossible films than James Bond films. It was that turning point for me where I was like, it's just like the visuals of it. Like, see, it's one of those films where seeing it in IMAX is unbelievable, but but also seeing it at home is equally unbelievable. It's just got that perfect kind of mix. The ensemble cast, I really love like what they've done with it with like Simon Pegg. Um, and everyone there it's just it's so perfect and like tom cruise really cares about this film and it's just in in this day and age of like cgi explosions this just has a realism about it while also being quite aware of what it is and for that i absolutely love it i just yeah even, even the villains like like villains started to like weave in and out kind of like the bomb films now and i just absolutely love that there's like this whole little lore coming around it and we're going to get at least two more in the next few years so yeah, for me, it's a very worthy number one spot at the moment. Yeah, so I'd, again, this is the first film on the list, so it's obviously it's going to go to number one. But I think it's fitting that we talk about a film that probably isn't going to be number one for too much longer um, on this list, but it is just a great action film. Um, and I agree, I'm, I'm more excited for the next um, Mission Impossible film um, film than what i am the next bond movie um that's just where i'm at where i'm at with it and for me the fact that it's gonna sound like a stupid comment to make but the fact that 
you can have so much fun with it. They've got these ridiculous gadgets. There's so many moments are like, oh, as if. But you don't care because it's it's just popcorn fun. You know, it's it's sometimes silly, but it's also got grit and it has moments of of real tension um, and proper story beats that it's not just a throwaway movie. I'm invested in this franchise. As you say, now we've got villains that are kind of weaving in and out, um, plot twists galore. It's a film that they take seriously and it's a film that's made with love and it's a film that I love watching. Okay, so one thing I will say um, before we move on to uh, to Midsummer um, is that Crystal McQuarrie um, directed Mission Impossible at six and five, um, and I think they've chopped and changed directors quite a lot, and that kept the franchise fresh. But I do think now they've settled on um, on, on a great director to move the franchise forward. Yeah, so um, on to Midsummer. This would be a bit more interesting film. So I'm gonna go first on this one, and go let's go. So I wasn't the biggest fan of Hereditary and then Midsummer came along and I had quite an interesting experience with this. I watched it in peak summer in a cinema with no aircon, which I feel like is how everyone should experience this film. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, like the visuals are really stunning about this. As a whole film, I'm not sure how it works, but as, as a piece of art, it's a really interesting thing. Like the music, the kind of, like even the length of it all kind of plays into what this film's about. And like, I remember, so, I remember so vividly this like, like certain scenes in, the, in this film that I kind of admire it, but I just don't think it's as good a film as Mission Impossible Fallout. So, I would go position two for this film, but um, a, a very well deserved like position two, and it's a very different film. And I'm kind of glad that films like this are being made at the moment because there was a period of time a few years ago when we weren't sure if we were going to see this kind of stuff in cinemas anymore. So yeah, for that reason, I would pitch number two. Okay, so uh, so I I admire this movie um, quite a lot. Uh, I wouldn't say I had fun with it because it's not that kind of film, but I enjoyed being in this world that was set up. It felt wholly original, and as you say, we don't get too many films like this. Um, we've, we've opened the, this film series up with a big blockbuster film series, and obviously we get a lot of those. Um, you don't get too many films that are given the freedom to do what this film did. And I think it took quite a lot of risks, um, just pacing alone. It took me about an hour and a half to actually understand what they were going for, because it was just such a slow build. And even when it hits its like crescent, crescent the end, the, 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 the high point, thank you. When it hits, when it hits that, um, then I think even then it's not exactly like a, a, a fast, moving uh, vehicle um but it's wholly original um a lot of people i know would put this at number one of their all-time list some people love this movie but for me it's not quite as good as fallout okay so we're in agreement that is number two yeah i think so um i think if we hadn't started um this this list with such a strong opener with mission impossible fallout which is one of my favorite action movies of all time <laughs> um you know, this probably would have been number one because I did really like this film. And like you say, um, a few of the scenes, I mean, I won't spoil anything because I think more people should actually watch this movie um, because it is so original. Um, but some of the scenes um, on the cliff, for example, just <laughs> oh, are, are, still, are still like ingrained in my mind. And I watched this movie like a year ago. Um, so for me, yeah, I think it belongs at number two, but it's a strong number two. 
Okay, so Ready Player One is the third film we're talking about on every movie's ranked. Um, I'll take the the lead on this one, purely because I think we have differing opinions. Okay, okay, my time started. So, I don't really like this movie. Um, I like frames of this movie, and I like certain action sequences of this movie, but for me, what I enjoyed about watching it, and why I don't really care about going back to watch it a second time, is that it was more of a, oh, I know that character in the background. So I was like, oh, Mecha Godzilla. That's pretty cool. You know, I was like, oh, there's the, there's the, 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 the oh, I don't know why I said the, um, <laughs> the, what do you call it? The DeLorean from Bloody Back to the Future. I hate that movie. Anyway, we'll talk about it another time. Um, but that, for me, that's what this film is. It's like Easter egg of the movie. Um, I don't particularly find the, the story gripping. Um, I don't particularly find the story um, memorable. I couldn't really tell you what it was about no sorry again recently um but visually it's engaging it's not a bad film uh, it just didn't hit me in the right ways um and so for that reason i would put it number three on the list that we have so far okay so i've got a really weird relationship with this film so the first time i saw it was in the giant imax screen um in southampton which is where i went to uni and i was quite nostalgic for that whole thing it was just the perfect thing of being in a cinema that i'd been to like for three years constantly hadn't been back there for a few years seeing it on a giant screen is the way to see this film and then i watched it at home and it just wasn't the same but then lucky enough because of the pandemic it was re-released um in the, in the summer into uh, into the imax down the road so i saw it there and i fell back in love with it so it's a really hard film because when it's in a cinema for me it's like a five-star movie but when i watch it at home it's just it's like a 3.5 and i don't really know why that is exactly maybe it's like a spectacle so i it's really hard like i think i'm gonna have to go number three because i admit this is a uh, yeah it's a kind of compromise for me because I go through stages absolutely loving this film like a five-star film and then there's other times where I'm just like this film had so much more potential and I think that's that's the thing isn't it is that if you'd watched this for the first time and only time then maybe you'd be fighting me on on where this should fit on the list even though I'm going to backtrack a little bit though because even though I said that I wouldn't um, watch this film again maybe it's just because of the year we've just had um <laughs> but if i was to watch either of either this or midsummer um for a second time i would probably choose it but i don't think it's because it's the better film i think it's because it's the easier film to um to to take in you know it's not heavy it's not slow it's visually engaging mm-hmm. um but for me i do think it's one of the worst steven spielberg movies in that I don't think he's made much in the way of, of tripe really. And I don't I wouldn't say this is this is tripe. I mean he's the best filmmaker of all time, isn't he? So I'm not gonna sit here and say, <laughs> you know, he's made it out of rubbish. Um but if we were ranking all of Spielberg's movies, for example, this this would be near the bottom for me. And I guess for that reason, just thinking about future films that we're going to um gonna put on this list, it it can't it can't be up there. Um, and it's it's not above Midsummer just in terms of quality of film, I don't think. Yeah, like I think I remember more about Midsummer than I do Ready Player One, and mm. like it's it, it, it's that really weird kind of complex issue that we're gonna have in this. Is I think I'd rather go and watch Ready Player One again, but I think Midsummer is the better crafted film. And with Spielberg directing it, it's like he Spielberg can achieve the visual style, but this just didn't have the human connection that other Spielberg films kind of had. And yeah. I, 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 maybe that was the casting for me. Um, I think Simon Pegg was great in it, but oh, I, I, 
And to be fair, Ben Mendelsohn plays a great villain. I'm a big fan of Ben Mendelsohn. But when doesn't he play a great villain? Like, <laughs> he makes everything he's in, he makes 10 times better. I think he's great. But like in terms of like the lead cast, I just didn't really connect with them at all. And yeah. like I don't know whether that's just Ty Sheridan, just not seeing him in many things. But it was just missing that human connection, which I feel like this film needed. Like, bear in mind, that was the whole message of the film. Is yeah. that basically like we're better than technology in terms of like our connections. It just didn't really have that for me. Um which is a shame because I feel like it, I feel like it could have been a modern masterpiece. This film, if the casting was just tweaked very slightly for me, okay. um, it it will be really interesting to see whether we'll get a Ready Player Two sequel film because I'm, I'm not sure how much money this made, but like it seems to be one of those films that just came out and it's been forgotten about like near near enough instantly. Yeah, like I don't hear this film in any conversations at all. Like, and, like not even Spielberg conversations. Like, I don't I don't hear this film being brought up. It only came out too well now you know two and a bit three years ago and again I, th- I think it's almost like an avatar situation where people may have people were maybe divided by that at the time but considering how much some people did love it you'd expect it to appear in conversation a little bit more than what it is now um but i, th- I think if we put it in number three um <laughs> i'm excited to um to debate you on the next movie because uh, i think we're gonna have a falling out about that one um but i, th- I think three is fair i think midsummer is just uh a more memorable film than than Ready Player One. Okay, let's go and take a look at the list then. So, happy death day. Who wants to take the lead on this one? You take the lead because I'm really intrigued to hear your opinion. Okay. I adore this movie. I think this movie is great. I have so much fun. Now, I know what you're going to say. It's a premise that we've seen before, and it's a premise that we're probably it has been, excused upon done to death. Um, we've seen good versions of um, of this plot device. We've seen bad versions of this um, uh, plot device. I think Marlon Wayans has got one on Netflix where he's naked and he wakes up naked every day and he must run through the street or whatever i don't i've seen that don't remember it too much um but this this movie just stays with me i think it's i think it's fun i think it's funny um i think it knows exactly what it is and i think this is exactly what what blumhouse does incredibly well um they're they're self-aware but not to the the point of being you know ironic um, they, they know exactly what they're going for. It's a bag of fun. The lead, um, I think she's great. And I I love the sequel, but without talking about the sequel, um, I, I absolutely love this movie. Okay. So. I actually quite enjoy this film. Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> I mean, this hasn't really made for a very interesting episode so far. But um, I, I kind of love the simplicity and how it just plays on the formula. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure that we'll go and rank Scream one day, but it's kind of like Scream where kind of like, you know what you're getting and it just has fun with itself. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like this is, yeah, it's very much in the same vein as Scream in, in how they do that. The, the casting's great, like the horror's great, like it's shot, it's shot well, like it's not, it's not outstanding, but it's, it's just done so well. And I feel like, like you said, like this is what Blumhouse is here to do, it's here to create kind of like fresh kind of horror movies that don't reinvent the genre but they have fun with it and they're yeah. quite self-aware so for me i think i would stick it just below mission impossible fallout is where i would kind of pitch it at because i think it's um yeah it's quite it's quite hard to compare it to midsummer but i think it's just has has more fun with itself and it's a more fun movie to experience 
Okay, now I find that fascinating because I thought I'd have to argue with you to put this above Ready Player One, but now you said above Midsummer, I'm actually going to have a real tough time with this um, because I do think Midsummer is a, a wholly original, great, um, great concept, great execution. Just everything about it is a is a good movie. But I just have so much fun with Happy Death Day, um, and it, it's just it's not it's not horror. It's a slasher. And when it comes to slasher films, you know something like this, if you can have fun with a slasher film. It's, it's it's what you need to go for. Same as like the original Halloween. Like it's creepy and it's scary, sure, but they had fun with the slasher element, and that's exactly what you need to go for. Um, and so I'm I'm actually really happy that you've suggested putting <laughs> it below Mission Impossible because I'm happy to shove that in there if you're happy to put it number two. Yeah, I just honestly think it's it's, it's one of those films that has just fun with the genre, um, and I really respect that because it, it like. Many films these days to try and play it safe, but this honestly, it was just so well done. Yeah. So. Well, I'm I'm, I'm happy with that takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's uh, best do uh, it. Now we're on to our final film. I wonder where this will go. <laughs> um. I'll kick off on this one, I think. Okay, you kick off. So, who be Halloween? Adam Sandler, what are you doing? Literally, going from uncut gems to this is ridiculous. Um, I love Halloween. I also don't... I'm kind of partial to an Adam Sandler comedy when it's done right. I'm not going to lie. I don't think Grown Ups is the worst film to ever exist. But this just is so lazy. And, like, the cast was there. Like, you had Steve Buscemi, the person from Modern Family, the kid from Stranger Things. Um... Like the cast was there, and even the even the marketing and visual style, I I I felt like this Adam Sandler film had a, like a grace period from everybody on Twitter. It seems where they were like, "Yeah, this trailer looks pretty good. I'm going to give it a shot for a little bit of seasonal fun." And then we all watched it, and it just wasn't smart or clever. His accent, it, well, yeah, his accent is offensive, but I don't know why. It's it's just so weird. Um, yeah, I think this is a very safe um, bottom of our list kind of film. To be totally honest, it's just. Yeah, it's just not good at all. <laughs> okay. okay. So, a little peek behind the curtain for you guys. Now, I've already added it to number five on the list. <laughs> so, the list is already done. Um, again, like the, the performance and his, you know, what he's betraying. For me, it feels like it's insulting. But again, I don't I don't know who it's insulting to. I feel like it's insulting to me as a viewer. Um I wouldn't go as far as to say that Adam Sandler doesn't care about the projects that he does, because look at what he did with Uncut Gems. Like, one of the best performances he's ever made. The fact that I watched these two films back-to-back is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Um, I don't know if it's anything to do with his Netflix deal. Um, We'll talk about the positives. Again, like, there's clearly money behind it. The promotional material, I think the film looked good uh, when we were seeing trailers. Um, But I'm I'm just trying to, to sound like I'm I'm just trying to feel time. It's shit, isn't it? It's not. It's it's, it's not great. Um, but it, it's got a great cast. It's got great cameos. So clearly, people saw something in there. But there's something in the execution where it, it just doesn't feel. It doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. To me. It doesn't feel like it, the, the laughs. It, for me, the, the funniest thing about this film is where they'll have a pause in dialogue where they expect people to be laughing at home, but no one's laughing at home. But it's not, it's not even bad enough to laugh at, though. This is the problem. It's no. just a, like, straight of the road. Like, I was really hoping this film was going to be, like, I absolutely adore the film called Trick or Treat, which is kind of like, it, 
it kind of has fun with kind of like Halloween, kind of celebrates it. I thought mm. this would be that film, but it just really isn't. Like the whole like Steve Buscemi pr- plot line feels so forced as well. Like yeah, it's just so it's just it's so dull. But I don't understand because Adam Sandler's clearly putting in a lot of favors from Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi does not need to be in this film. Like, and I just but don't the understand. Film, the like, film opens with Ben Stiller. Yeah, like. like why? And for me, I was like, "Oh, here we go." But even his cameo, it, it just felt like the—I don't know. It's, there's something off about about the <laughs> film. I don't know whether they shot it in a short space of time, whether they were—it felt like they were shooting a first draft of a film. So, do you think there's something in here to be, you know, that could have been turned into something good? They just didn't execute it um, correctly. Um, and but I also don't know if it's because people are starting to get tired of this Adam Sandler shtick because it's not original anymore. He's played this character many, many times, and I don't know the last time someone actually enjoyed it. Um, and again, I think he's a great actor. The Uncut Gems is one of the best performances I've seen in the last half a decade. I think it's phenomenal. Um, he can even do comedy. The problem is he can't. The problem is like he can do comedy, like mm-hmm. as we look in his earlier career. But like, mate. Maybe it's just oversaturation. Like back in the nineties, people used to get an Adam Sandler film every two years, maybe. Yeah. Rather than at the moment, everyone's getting like three Adam Sandler productions a year on Netflix, which is way too much. When yeah. it just seems to be just turning out what whatever this is. And what this is is number five on our list. Essentially, um, I, I'm curious to to see how long it stays at the bottom of our um, ranking every movies of all time ever list. Um, but it's not it's not moving up anytime soon um so should we go and take a look and have a little talk about the list so far let's do it let's take a look at what the list is showing us so at number one we've got mission impossible fallout and number two happy death day at number three midsummer and number four ready player one and number five who be halloween um I, I i'm really intrigued to see how this list kind of plays out to be totally honest because i feel like one, two, three, and four, all pretty solid films. So it's going to be interesting to see how we kind of fit those in. And if we can see any film that's worse than Hoobie Halloween. <laughs> I, I feel like the, the list is going to sort itself out. Obviously, this is a bit of a bumper first episode, just so we can get some um, uh, some films on the board. I think there is a, a, a vast... Um, I know you said one to, uh, one to four uh, are good quality films. I think there's a, a massive gulf in class, though, between Mission Impossible and a Ready Player One. Um, as much as I love Happy Death Day, it is one of my favourite slashes of all time. I, I, I don't even care. <laughs> don't at me. Uh, feel free to at me. We can do the publicity. Um, but I, I just feel like there's a massive gulf between Mission Impossible and Ready Player One. So there's plenty of scope there um, for films to come, uh, come in and out. Um, but what we want to know... Uh, is what do you guys think of the first five lists, um, the first five films on the list? Uh, what do you agree with? What do you disagree with? I do think we're going to have some contention uh, when, when we have guests on, which we're going to do, I think, every Friday. Uh, we're going to have guests on the show and we're going to give them the power to uh, move one film up or down one place on the list. And I'm curious to see how long it, it takes someone to move Midsummer up. <laughs> I feel like we're going to upset a lot of people with Happy Death Day. Um, but overall, I think I'm happy with with how the list is looking at the moment. But it's going to be chaos when we when we start arguing with with guests and <laughs> and viewers. But yeah, um, let us know what you think in the comments, um, and we'll see how wrong we are. But yeah, yeah, that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Um, 
Yeah, Indeed. Um, and let's not forget that, as I said at the top of the show, this isn't just uh, a list from me and Callum. We're going to have guests on, but we also want to hear the thoughts of you guys. And also, please recommend a film for us to put on the list. Now, your um, your, your Dark Knights and your End Games, we're going to save for, I think, when we hit a particular milestone. Um, but please do recommend films that you want to see, even if they're films that not many people have seen. Um, we're, we're using this as a, a tool to actually expand on our um library um of films that we've seen so please do get in touch um we've got another uh, show coming out very soon uh, so be sure to check that out uh, another edition of this show christ we're not going to spread ourselves that thinly um but i've been brad this has been callum and this has been every movie ranked goodbye, goodbye.